You're listening to a Sun Life podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more information, visit sunlife.org.au. Enjoy the sermon. Morning, Sun Life. Thank you, uh, Oikos Church. Thank you for. Um, for blessing us uh, once again, and it's wonderful that we have this uh, relationship um, over the years, that uh, you can come and, and bless us with uh, praise and worship and, and help us to, to uh, honour God and worship Him. You know, Pastor Bin is uh, preaching away uh, in Adelaide uh, today, and um, originally there was some, meant to be someone else speaking, but uh, hey, you've got me. <laughs> no, uh, so, um, you know, you know, thank you. Yeah, so um, uh, mainly, uh, Pastor Ben asked me a few weeks ago if I should, if I could speak today. And um, normally I'd be a bit reluctant. I'm not a seasoned uh, preacher. Uh, but because of the topic was on prayer, uh, I, I felt, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll share. I'll share a few thoughts. It's okay if the sermon, you know, is incomprehensible. And uh, you go away and say, what was this guy talking about? It's okay, because I, we prayed. As a prayer team, we've been praying. We're praying that God will help us learn to pray more, you know, regardless. So, so hopefully that, that will be the case. You know, I, I've had the privilege of uh, overseeing the prayer and intercessor team over the last 11, 11 or 12 years. Uh, I still feel I have a lot to learn, a lot to learn about prayer and intercession. But I think I've grown, I've grown in my, my understanding of prayer in my practice of prayer. So I pray that I can, I can share a few tips of prayer that will encourage our church to pray a bit more. You know, we're, we're continuing on this morning uh, on a sermon series on spiritual practices. This morning, you, you probably figured out that prayer, together reading God's Word, are probably the most significant, the most fundamental spiritual practices. All other practices we've covered so far, hinge around prayer. Fasting. Fasting helps us to focus on the spiritual rather than the physical so that we can focus on prayer. Solitude allows us to still ourselves so that we can hear from God and be in the right frame of mind to enter into a time of prayer. Simplicity. Simplicity allows us to get rid of all those material, all the distractions we've we, we uh, receive from, from you know, the Facebook or whatever, and allows us to be more focused on our time with God and to, pray, and to pray. You know, if there's a passage in the Bible that uh, summarizes why I personally, I personally have been led to pray more over the years, more and more and more, Psalm 116. I haven't actually got it on the... I don't think I've got a slide on here, but... Psalm 116, verse 1. I love the Lord. For he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. You know, as a younger person, I cried out to God for help, for deliverance. I kept calling and praying to God. And God heard me. God brought deliverance. God healed me. God restored me. And that's why I, I keep praying. Uh, and I, I always have that motivation and passion to pray. And that could be your story as well, I'm sure. And that's why I've been um, overseeing the prayer ministry all these years. 
Because I really believe that God, God is a merciful, gracious, faithful, and awesome God who responds to prayer, who can bring healing, restoration, forgiveness, provision, and deliverance from any circumstance. He's done that in my life, and I believe that he will do that for you as well. I think everyone, all the members of our prayer team, we, we think the same way. Anyhow, this morning uh, I'll be sharing uh, three points, as you would expect. Three points, I have to, otherwise I'll be in trouble. Pastor Bin will have a word with me afterwards. Prayer, prayer is such a broad topic. I, couldn't, I just couldn't do justice in uh, talking about uh, prayer in 30 minutes. It's very, very hard. Now, a few years ago, we, if you remember, uh, Pastor Bin taught a whole sermon series on prayer, about six sermons. And our vision, vision for that year, that's a four or five years ago, the vision for our year, that year was seek, seeking the Lord in prayer. So you can sort of understand why I was sort of struggling to think, you know, what, what should I be sharing this morning for 30 minutes? In the light of that, uh, I would like to highly commend a, uh, a series, a teaching series on prayer that Brian Chan, our very own Brian Chan, will be giving next term, term two, for the Monday Learning Space. He's going to be teaching on prayer. Uh, about eight sessions, highly recommended. I've looked through his notes, fantastic stuff. You know, he's going to talk about the Lord's Prayer, uh, different prayers of the Bible, what are the, the stumbling blocks to prayer. Please do sign up for that in term two. But this morning, I'm just going to go uh, through a simple introduction to, to prayer, some of the things that, that concern us the most when we... When we uh, pray, some of the things that, that are uh, maybe some of our, our struggles when we, we come to God in prayer. Three points are the, the God, I'm going to talk about the God who answers prayer, the reason for prayer, when God appears silent, the third point. In other words, when we think that he's not answering our prayers. I'm sure uh, many of us have experienced that one. But uh, as appropriate, let's open with a word of prayer. Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the time that we come to honour and worship you this morning. Heavenly Father, we pray that uh, this morning that you help me, help me to communicate uh, some of these points that you've given me. Let me communicate this well so that uh, we can all be motivated uh, to pray more and seek your face more and wait on you more and have greater trust in you to answer our prayers. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The God who answers prayer. May I ask, how many, how many of us here have had a major challenge or an issue that we required God's intervention or God's provision, God's healing? But after praying, after seeking the face of God, you saw an answer to prayer, and you knew that it was God who answered your prayer. How many people have experienced that? How many have experienced that, say, in the last year? Last year? Yeah, you want, some, you know, you want God to be working in you currently as well as you know, in the past? I praise God. You know, I'm not surprised, because I know, that for, I know for a fact that uh, there have been many prayers that have been answered recently, very significant prayers. I know that uh, for a fact that at least three Sun Lifers within a few weeks, the last few weeks, 
have received approval for their visas to stay long term here, stay and work long term here in Australia. Um, I know of a couple, sorry, I know of uh, one Sun Lifer who uh, was very encouraged with the sermon on fasting a couple of weeks ago, and he decided to fast and pray. And that very week, he received his visa. So we praise God, praise God for that. Let me share with you a couple more specific examples that I, uh, I was given permission to share. Now, I, can't, I, I wanted to share a much a fuller picture. They're quite amazing. Sometimes when you hear a testimony, you hear the full story, and you realize, you realize the hand of God. But I, I can only be brief. Um, I've, asked, I've asked Darren and Joy for, for permission for me to share some, some of these things. Uh, Darryl, Darren, back in September last year, during the interchurch sports event, Sports Fest, you know, a young, a young adult called Darren, uh, he was part of the, the Sun Life contingent for, for volleyball. Now, he obviously landed the wrong way. Right, I don't know where he spiked, you know, landed, landed on his knee and, um, and injured his knee. He had an MRI, MRI and it showed that uh, he had torn four out of his five muscles, the five possible muscles that you can actually tear in, in your knee. I don't know anything about anatomy, but that, that's what he told me. Um, and he... he Desperately needed surgery, right? But it wasn't enough for emergency surgery. He just, he just needed surgery. Now, we know that elective surgery requires, sometimes can require a huge waiting time, you know, several, several weeks or even months. Now, through an interesting series of, event, of, of events, you know, Jordan, a Darren's CG uh, Connect leader, put him in touch with Tao, who is the uh, resident uh, orthopedic uh, surgeon. And he, he plays the keyboards occasionally, you, you, you might know him. Um, and, and they met after worship practice on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, and, um, and later, that very evening, Tao found out that someone cancelled their, their surgery appointment. Someone else, another patient. And so Tao just called, called up uh, Darren and said, hey, are you ready for surgery tomorrow? And he, and he went, and he, and he went, hey, I had the surgery. And I know that throughout that time, people have been praying. Throughout that time, uh, all the people from SportsFest, all the his Jordan, um, Darren Jordan's uh, Connect Group, all of us in the staff team, we've been praying. And uh, we, we know that God, God's favor, God showed him his favor and his grace, uh, and God opened the door for him. I have another interesting story from uh, a Joy. Joy is a, a wonderful young lady uh, from... Uh, who is serving in Powder Change. She's, she's come from America. She's been here uh, two years ago uh, to visit our church, and, and, and she's, she's come back. Um, and she's, she's serving as a missionary to, in Powder Change. Uh, that, that's the one that, that's the organization that Stuart Page, our very own Stuart Page, is also serving in outreach to university students. Now, I'm not sure if Joy and her fellow missionaries, because three of them wanted, you know, wanted to stay together, I'm not sure if they knew how difficult it was to find rental accommodation here in Perth. I, I don't know if they knew how difficult it was when they arrived in mid-January until they started looking for properties, and they realized that it was crowded. It was like hundreds of other people looking for the same property. And what was more, Joy and her two friends were in their early 20s. They didn't have any rental history. <laughs> you know, they didn't, didn't have a, you know, so basically their odds were against them right from the beginning. You know, three girls from overseas coming in, um, no real rental history, no re references they could really provide. But just to cut a long, a, a long story very short, it was a, it's a long story, it's a wonderful story, I, I just haven't got time to tell it. 
So uh, <laughs> you can talk to Joy herself. But um, they found they found a, a three-bedroom villa. Um, they found it. Looked looked for it. They were about to apply, and oh, they were told that it was it was taken. Someone else got the property. The bond has been paid, and that was that. Very sad. But a short time later, a short time later, they were called up by the real estate agent, and they said that uh, through some connections and some, you know, and whatnot, um, we decided to uh, we we think that maybe maybe you should apply for this. So they actually they called them to ask them to apply for this three-bedroom villa. Okay, so I, I don't know if you heard of that one. That, that's a new one, right? So um, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a wonderful story. I'll tell you the full story next time. But um, they felt it was perfect. It was, it was in a, the ex- perfect location in between two university campuses where, where they, want, they needed to minister. Um, the timing was perfect. They needed a decision on property by the end of that week, and they got it. Um, it was the most wonderful, it was the nicest place that they, they, they saw. I thought that was amazing. Another, another example of God's favour and God's hand in providing for his children, especially in, in the case of um, Joy and the three friend, two friends. You know, they, they have given up, given up a year of their, 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 you know, their life. They could have um, spent building their career, uh, but they've spent that uh, in response to, to God's call for the Great Commission. Come here to share the gospel to university students. Why, why wouldn't God provide for them? I hope you can see why I, I share these particular stories relating to a visa, um, finding a spot for electric uh, surgery, finding rental accommodation. All these areas are where people in Australia are facing the greatest challenges. But when we hear these stories of answered prayer, we are reminded that God is sovereign, sovereign over all things. And also that he cares. He cares for his children. In fact, I'm reminded uh, by a passage in the Bible that says that God can do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. But why is it that we can come before a great and mighty God and actually ask and expect to receive answers to prayer in the first place? Sometimes amazing answers. Why? What gives us the right to be able to do so? That comes to my second point, the reason for prayer. Here I'm going to give a simple, um, give a reason why we can expect God to answer our prayers. Just by providing a simple theology about prayer. First, uh, let me start with, my first point is, it starts with the character of God. The character of God. It starts with the fact that God is a powerful God. He's sovereign. Nothing has thwarted his plans. He's faithful. He's just, holy. He's good. He's kind. He's merciful. Full of grace. The second essential thing to note is that is what God has done. You know, the mighty acts of God throughout history including um, when God took the Israelites out of Egypt. God defeated all of Israel's uh, enemies. Most of all, of course, the greatest thing, and we all know this, right? God sent his son. This is the greatest impact on us as far as prayer is concerned, which we'll find out shortly. That he sent his son to pay the price 
for our sins to be forgiven and that we can be reconciled with God. Thirdly, what is the most significant in the context of prayer is our new, our new status before God. Because of what God has done through the sacrifice of his son, anyone, anyone who puts his faith in Jesus becomes a child of God. 1 John chapter 3, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. It was an exclamation that John had. It was, it was an it's a statement of wonder that we should be called the children of God. Now, because God is our Heavenly Father and we are now His children, there are amazing, there are amazing ramifications when it comes to prayer. Let, let's have a look at this. In um, the passage in Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and a door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then... Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to them, to those who ask him? In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, it says, How much more will the Father in, uh, the Father in heaven give the, Holy Spirit to, to give the Holy Spirit to those who seek him? And of course, the Holy Spirit is the greatest of all the good gifts that God can give us. God... From what we read, God is a God of how much more? How much more would God give good gifts to us if our earthly fathers can give good gifts to us? Paul describes the love that God has poured out to us as his children in Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So Paul was saying that if God allowed his son to be sacrificed for us, why wouldn't God give us all things? And that includes our needs, our material needs, and spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. Now, if you look carefully at the analogy of the father's relationship with his son in uh, Matthew and Luke, it helps us to understand uh, what prayer is about, based on our identity as a child of God. You know, I, I know many parents here. I know many parents here. Um, and I, I've never seen a parent, when approach, approached by their children, um, I've, never, I've never seen a, a parent say, go away, I don't want to talk to you. You know, I've, I've never seen that happen. I've never seen a child cowering in a corner, thinking, I don't know, I don't know if I should talk to my mom and dad, because I think, you know, he because they might not want to talk to me. They, want to, they might not want to, want to listen to me. I've never heard that. Does that happen? I, I, I've not seen that happen. I've never, I've never, I haven't seen that at church. I don't, I don't think uh, they would act like that at home either. No, at my home, uh, at night time, and often during the weekends, if I'm not uh, directly with, uh, with my family, doing a family activity or something, I'm in, often in front of my computers. My wife thinks I'm in there too, too often, but, you know, often in front of the computer in my study. Um, this was especially the case when I was doing some post-grad studies for many, many years, 
one semester per unit. Some of you have studied one semester, one unit per semester. That takes forever, right? So I mean, so if all so many years until last year is finished. Praise God, glory be to God. Um, but my, you know, my kids, even though I was studying, my kids knew that they could always come. They could always come and ask me for help. They could come and interrupt, within reason, right? I mean, uh, whether it's for for help for homework. If there's a spider or insect that needs to be removed from the home, my daughter can't stand spiders. Always keeps asking me. There always seems to be a spider in her room. I don't, I don't get it. Tiny, even tiny ones. And um, always bugs me about it. And uh, sometimes they need to bug mom if dad's not available. Uh, but we we we're always available for them. My mom and dad are always available. Sometimes my son is almost ten. He'll come and sit on my lap. You know, I've been doing doing some, you know my studies and doing some deep in thought. My son would just come and sit in my lap, and um, yeah. So you know, you ask me what I'm doing, and and, and so on. And I say oh, I have to gently say, well, Aiden, Daddy's busy. Daddy's busy. You know, I'm in with something. Oh, we can play later. We can play later. You know. You know, there's no shyness or fear, or fear of rejection uh, in my children when they come to see me. Uh, sometimes they may be gently rep- reprimanded for uh, not being considerate, knowing that Dad is very busy. But they're always confident. They're always confident in coming to ask me, ask me for something, uh, and I'm sure it's the same for most parents here. I'm sure it's the same. Uh, whether they get what they ask for is another thing. Okay, well that's 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 another thing. That that'll be my next point. Okay, um, but you know the wonderful thing is the wonderful thing is um, you know the picture of a, a father or a parent uh, to, towards a child uh, is that you know that's our, that's our relationship with God. When we are his children, we can come to God with the confidence of a child uh, in, his relation, in relationship with his parent, his or her parent. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter, 4, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, that we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence in order to receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now let's face it, it may not always be our experience that God is our Heavenly Father who gives us much more than we can ask or imagine. Not always our experience. Sometimes we may end up questioning, questioning what, why we're not receiving the things that we're asking, uh, asking God for, especially things that are very important to us. We may even doubt whether God is being a very good and loving Heavenly Father. And that's why in my next point, I'm going to talk about some of, the, some of these experiences that we may have. When God appears silent, or rather when, you know, if, when God appears not to be answering our prayer. I, I want to use, uh, at this point, I want to use um, Rick Warren's very, very uh, simple guide to prayer, uh, in very simple one-word uh, points. Uh, he, he outlines four ways that God may answer your prayer. One, the common answer that we may receive from God is no, of course. No. And of course, as we were talking about a father or mother in relation to our child and your parents, you know this, we have to say no to our children. If we really care for our children, we can't say yes all the time. And that's, 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 that's the same with our Heavenly Father. If that's the case, God knows that uh, what you've asked for is not good, not good for you, not helpful for you, uh, or that there is something better that he has in store for you. Just like parents, um, yeah, so just like us as earthly parents, we don't always say yes. 
About 13 years ago, let me share with you an interesting story. Uh, when my wife and I were hunting for a house in order to prepare for a family, we were, we were obviously we were praying and driving around looking for a home. Uh, just, just, to give you some, uh, just to give you some context, you know, my, my, father, my father had just passed away you know, a few years before. And we were looking for a place for, with a reasonable sized block, a big backyard, essentially, uh, so that we can build, build a, a granny flat for, for our mum. Should she want to stay there? And we, we, found, we found a place that was perfect. Um, and we were there on the first day of the home, home open. And um, we decided to put an, in an offer. At the end of the day, we think, yes, this is, this is it. This is a fantastic place, good value. And we called, up to, we called up the agent, and to our dismay, an offer had already been made, and it was accepted on that day. I thought, what's the story? Can't you just add our offer onto, you know? Like, isn't that fair? But, uh, you know, unfortunately, it was sold. It just sold on that first day. I thought, what's the story there? And we were obviously very disappointed. We kept looking and praying. Soon after, we were, about to go on a, we were just about to go on a holiday trip, and we thought, OK, we have to, we've got to stop house hunting. You know, we couldn't uh, look further. And then uh, I think my wife, my wife just was searching around newspapers, and she found, found something that was advertised with a granny flat. And, um, and that was the only property, the only property that we searched for all those couple of months uh, that actually indicated there was a granny flat. And so, of course, our antenna you know, went up, and we went. We went to, to see the place, and uh, it w we found it was bigger and better than the previous place that we, we, we thought that we, we had, uh, you know, it's sort of, you know, we, we, we missed the opportunity for. And um, it was within our budget, and after a very quick prayer, then and there, we decided to make an offer, and it was accepted a couple of days later. So we praised God, really at God's hand of provision. Um, God said no to us for one place, and he opened the door for something greater in another place. I guess the, le the lesson we can learn is that uh, we can trust in God uh, for the best, even if we're not aware of it at the time. You know, and I, I know it's not always easy, uh, especially when there's emotions involved. You know, when it comes to relationships, for example, when we're, you know, obviously we're attracted to or dating a person for whatever reason it's not working out, maybe this person's not a Christian, maybe there are character issues, maybe this person doesn't like you as much as you thought he did, or whatnot. Um, sometimes we know, we know that God is saying something to us. God's saying, you know, maybe you need to let go. Just do what God is saying and, and not follow your emotions. Other times, God may be saying, God may respond to our prayers by saying, grow. You may be asking God to help you win this weekend's lotto jackpot. That may be your prayer. You may be saying to God, if I win $10 million, I'll help pay off the church's mortgage. I'll help build a second story for the church. This is what we need, by the way, just, just in case if anyone wins lotto. <laughs> I'll give all the money to the poor. I'll help Agape Project, all, those, all, all, the, you know, all, the, all the homeless. But God may be saying to you something different. God may be saying to you something different that uh, that's not really the way I'm going to bless the church. Uh, and giving such a huge influx of money to you out of the blue uh, may not actually help you in your walk with God. God may be speaking to you instead about contentment and simplicity. To last, last week, remember? So, um, of course, the Bible tells us that when we pray, we need to pray according to his will. 
1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. How do we know God's will? Of course, it's by knowing God's word. You need to be reading and studying God's word to know his, his will, his ways, the ways of God. If you knew God's word, you'd probably realize that it wouldn't be, uh, it sh- we shouldn't be wasting our time seeking after riches and praying for a lot of win, but rather seeking godliness and contentment, as it says in 1, 1 Timothy. But it's not just about praying according to God's will that is important. But it's also about, it's also the importance of doing God's will that is important. So another point I would like to raise is the need to live in obedience to God. Now this is actually a word that I, I felt the Lord has been, been speaking to me a lot about, you know, to something that I, I should be sharing here at church. In Psalm 24, it says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean heart, clean hands, and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Here the Psalms, the psalmist links obedience and holiness with those who seek God in prayer. And therefore, they receive God's blessing and vindication. There's clearly a link between an obedient life and God's blessing and answered prayer. The converse, of course, is also true. In the Bible, there are a number of passages that says that clearly sin affects God's response to our prayer. Isaiah chapter 59 says in verse 2, But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, uh, from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken falsely. In other words, God didn't listen to their words, didn't listen to their prayers because of their sin. In 1 Samuel chapter 28, uh, you, we all know the story of Saul, King Saul. He lived a compromised life due to his disobedience, due to his jealousy, um, to the extent that when he prayed to God for help and guidance, when the, when the Philistines were about to attack him, um, God, God just didn't answer. God didn't bother to answer. 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 6, he inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Of course, that's, that's not to say that God cannot be gracious to us, that God cannot be gracious to us even if we are struggling with sin. But if you are, the most important prayer that we should be praying for is the prayer of confession. Most of us are familiar with the verse, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Of course, then we need to repent and change. That's, that's something separate as well. We need to make an effort to change. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk, uh, I'm going to, let me, let me just start by saying, I'm going to say something, you know, quite from my heart. Um, and let me just say that, you know, I love the young adults 
here at church. I really love it. I've had a privilege of journeying with the young adults here at the church uh, through the pre-marriage course. Um, we used to lead, and my wife and I used to lead a young adults, a connect group for a number of years. And when we first started at Sun Life Church, we love the young adults. We, we, we want the best, uh, best for you, for your future. You know, the world says, the world, you know, we, we live in a society where there's more and more compromise over sin. And sadly, I think uh, Christians are being easily influenced by the way that, by the direction that our society uh, is going. You know, the world says, you know, sex before marriage, not a big deal. The Bible clearly says that sex must be reserved for marriage within the context of marriage. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 to 18. We've had a number of discussions, Pastor Ben, myself, the youth pastors over the years, with, with some couples uh, about the whole matter of living together, traveling together. I'm not trying to finger anyone, by the way. Just over the years, it's just been a general thing that's been coming up over the years. Some people have been responsive, some people haven't been so responsive. But let me say this, if we, if we don't take sin and obedience to God seriously, don't be surprised if God doesn't take your prayers seriously in the areas that you, you would like him to answer. We need to be able to set godly boundaries based on the word of God. You know, when my wife and I went traveling, again, I'm not, I'm not thinking of anyone else, finger, finger, finger anyone in particular, but it's such a common thing. You know, we, we all travel together, even before we're married, we, 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 we may be traveling. When my wife and I traveled together to Melbourne, before we were married, we stayed at our sister's place, um, Adeline's sister's place, and she provided a queen-size bed in a room for us to sleep in. Uh, but we asked, we asked specifically to, if we could be in separate rooms, separate beds. And that was the obvious way for us to avoid uh, falling into the temptation of sin. So if you're struggling as to why your prayers are not being answered, try praying the prayer of confession and repentance. Ask God to search your heart. There are two different, you know, prayer, the prayer of confession and the prayer of repentance, those are two different types of prayers. One is to acknowledge that you have sinned, and the other is to pray and change and turn from your sin. We need, we need them both. Now, sometimes we get confused between the two. The message, the message of uh, obedience, of course, is not, not just for young adults. So I don't want to pick on, pick on the young adults. I, 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 um, it's for everyone. Um, you know, we, we, all, we always face temptation to sin all the time, uh, including you know, the sin to put things above God. You know, for example, putting our kids, putting our families above God, putting our marriage above God. We always face that temptation, don't we? A good prayer for us to pray regularly, Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart, and test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Our third response that God may give to us in response to our prayers may be slow. <laughs> Maybe not specifically, but there's a point. There's a point in what Rick Warren's trying to say here. Slow. In other words, you may be, be you may be doing your best to live a life of obedience, and you're confident you're praying according to God's will. But for whatever reason, the answer to your prayer has not come. You haven't received your answer to prayer. 
And maybe it's been a very long time that you've been praying. And there's still no sign of answer, an answer from God. This is also a difficult uh, response and for, for different reasons. You know, yesterday at our, at our prayer meeting, someone was sharing uh, you know, a devotion and, and sharing how, uh, of the need to trust God and, and as we're waiting on Him. And, and she was also sharing you know, uh, on a personal level, she was just waiting for her, her children to come to know uh, Jesus. And I, I could sense the emotion uh, which was coming from her heart when she was sharing that. You know, she had such a desire uh, for her, for her children, to come to, her adult children to come to know the Lord. The Bible talks a lot about waiting on God. You know, we know that famous passage in Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 31, that says, we, we know that passage, right? They that wait on the Lord, they that wait or hope in the Lord, shall renew their strength, they shall mount up, mount up with wings as eagles, they shall walk, not faint, they shall, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Over the years, I've been uh, aware that people in Sun Life have been praying for um, praying and waiting on the Lord for a number of different areas. You know, whether it's healing, having children, um, you know, deliverance from a difficult circumstance, praying for a house, rental accommodation, some of the things that we talked about before. Sometimes it's not clear. It's not clear why there's a delay in a, in a response from God. But I, I, I just give two, two observations. It's not, it's not, it's not an easy, answer, uh, easy thing to answer, but let me give me two observations. One is that with regards to, with regards to uh, waiting on God uh, is the need for perseverance, perseverance in prayer. There's something about perseverance in prayer that pleases God. You know, it's a reflection of faith, and we know that we need to have faith uh, to please God. We probably know the story of the persistent widow in Luke chapter 18 who kept bugging the judge until she got justice. And the judge said, and Jesus said, it will not God... And, and Jesus, you know, compared that, you know, the persistent widow receiving what, he, uh, uh, you know, receiving what she had from the judge after pestering him all, the, all that while. And Jesus said, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And of course, the application is more, more, about, more than uh, justice. It's about persistence, persistent prayer. In general, and that, that's the way that Jesus introduced that parable you know, uh, to encourage us to pray and not give up. Another observation uh, I made in, in when, um, when people have been waiting and waiting and waiting on God and praying, and the answer hasn't seemed, uh, you know, it's, it's still yet to yet to um, come. Is that you know we we um, I'm just something. Yeah, God, God sometimes brings us into a place of brokenness. You know, and sometimes, that, and the reason for that, um, you know, that he, he leads us into a place of brokenness, complete brokenness before God, uh, before we receive an answer. And I think sometimes he does that uh, so that we can get to a stage where we've completely surrendered to God. You know, emotionally, you know, spiritually, we just want to, we believe it to God. We, have, we just give up. We can't do anything about our situation. Sometimes God does that. And, and you know, the Bible says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, the Bible says that you know, the, um, a broken and contrite heart he will not despise. 
You know, there's a wonderful story of Hannah in the Bible who cried out to God for a child and also from, from deliverance from bullying. If you read carefully, she's been bullied by the, you know, the other wife. Those are allowed to have two wives. Um, she cried out. You know, the Bible says she cried out out of deep anguish and was weeping bitterly. And of course, we know the story. You know, she, uh, God answered her prayer. She had Samuel, one of the greatest prophets, one of the greatest men of God in the Bible. And of course, finally, God may respond with go. In other words, God is saying, yes, you are praying according to my will, and it's the right time. I'm going to grant you the answer to your prayer. And we've already heard some testimonies already about wonderful answers to prayer. Sometimes, you know, sometimes when we, when we, when we uh, struggle to pray, we need people we need people to come alongside us to help us pray. That's why we need to be in a small group. We need to be in a context where we have other people uh, who, who hear us. You know, we, we need to be in a context where we are, we are willing to take a risk and share some of the, the deepest um, desires. Uh, it's not always easy. There's a risk involved in that. But we need to be in that situation so that we can have people praying alongside us. And that's why we always encourage people. It's like, I'm sounding like a broken record. Uh, but uh, we encourage people to, to join a small group, join a connect group. Um, we love to walk beside you and, and pray with you. That's why we also have the prayer team, where we, where we pray for individuals every Saturday, as well as the church. And when we hear from, from some of our connect group leaders or, or people that we are aware of going through a very significant challenge, uh, serious illness, um, we, uh, we, we ask for their permission uh, for us to pray. And we, we do pray. We, we get behind uh, many of you here in this congregation, in prayer. When it comes to intercession, how should we pray? Okay, now give me, let, let me uh, give, give you a few tips. Okay, some of you may have heard of the five-finger five prayer. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm saying the five-finger prayer. Anyone know? No one. Okay, well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you what it is. Um, this was actually something that was, was uh, first, first um, described by... Uh, Saint, no, not Saint, uh, just Francis, Pope Francis. Well, he, he said this. This is how we should pray, and many people are taking this on. Rick Warren has, has, has used this as well. Now, if you, you count the, the five fingers on your hand, the thumb, the thumb is closest to you. Start by praying. This is how you should pray. Start by praying, expressing gratitude for those who are closest to you, your family, your family members, those, your closest friends, your relatives. The next finger is the index finger. Pray, pray and express gratitude for those who, who teach you, who instruct you, who heal you. you know, pray for your pastor. Pray for Pastor Bin. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your connect group leaders. Thirdly, the longest finger, the tallest finger, reminds us of our, our leaders and those in authority. Pray for the politicians, community leaders. The Bible actually tells us in Timothy, 1 and 2 Timothy, to pray for those in authority so that we can live quiet lives, so we can live, so we can practice our faith without being persecuted, for example. Pray for your CEO of your company that you work for, so you'll be blessed. Four finger, the ring finger, the weakest finger. Let's pray for those in need, those in our society who are in need, and we pray for those in need just, just now. 
those who are, um, you know, those who are struggling with, with rental accommodation. And finally, your pinky reminds you to pray and be grateful for yourself. And pray, and that, that goes without saying, you know, some of the things that we just discussed, that we can pray for yourself. There's so many things to pray for. How can you, how can you find time to pray for all those things? Number one, set aside time. This is what we should do. Set aside time. We need to set a dedicated time for prayer. And of course, we would have gone down this path already. A time for silence and solitude. That's a good precursor for prayer. And number two, ask the Holy Spirit to guide and guide you to pray for what is most important to pray for at that time. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. The Bible says um, the, high, the Holy Spirit is here to help us to pray. But we're really, really not sure how to pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 it says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps us, helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. When you don't know how to pray and you've got a list of things to pray for, ask God, pray, learn to follow the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will guide you. Finally, let me, let me just finish by uh, talking about the significance of corporate prayer. You know, we have a weekly prayer meeting on Saturday via Zoom from, 10, from 8.30 to 10 a.m. You can hop on via Zoom uh, directly from the, from the church app. Um, we just added it just recently, so if you haven't seen it before, it's there now. If you go to more, click on the church app, go to more, you'll find a link that goes directly to the uh, weekly church meeting, the Zoom meeting. So 8.30, Saturday, every Saturday, you can hit, hit that link and you, you can, it will take you straight to that Zoom prayer, uh, prayer session. Also, on Monday, Monday, March 25th, when we finish our period of, of fasting during Lent, uh, we will have a church-wide prayer meeting held here in the auditorium at 7.30. We would like to encourage everyone, every Sun Lifer here, uh, to come along and pray together as a church. There's something very powerful when God's people come together and unite together in prayer. That, 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 I'm going to uh, pretty much leave it there, but I just hope that um, uh, this morning, from what I shared uh, so far, you know, I don't know if it was the best delivered sermon, but I just hope that uh, uh, people can understand that God uh, is our Heavenly Father. He can do more than we can ask or imagine when we pray according to His will. Uh, sometimes we, we may not get um, uh, everything that we ask for straight away, but God still knows what, what's best for us. God is still our Heavenly Father. He loves us and uh, He will look after us. Um, and even if He says no, um, it's for our best interest. So we'd like to, uh, like to enter into a time of prayer when I, uh, as I invite the worship team to just pray a, a, um, um, play a song and we, we will worship and um, honour God. And if you have a prayer request, if you have a, a significant prayer need, you know, the prayer team will be here to pray for you. You know, the prayer team, the people in the prayer team, they're not exactly the, the most spiritual people. We didn't ask the, the, the most spiritual people in this church to come and pray. These are people who, who have um, received God's grace and mercy and healing 
and restoration over very difficult circumstances. And I know some of the prayer team have really been through major challenges in their lives, and they receive healing, restoration, and grace. And they would like to pray for you as well, so that you can also receive healing, God's provision, and restoration if you need it. So if you, if you need prayer, feel free to come to the front while we are worshiping God, and there will be members of the prayer team here to pray, pray for you. That's the, that's the first option. The second option, given that we just heard a, a sermon on prayer, um, the second option is if you're comfortable, okay, if you're comfortable, if you, you, you're comfortable praying, why not turn to the person next to you and ask them if there's anything they would like to pray for and, and pray for them. Uh, if you feel comfortable, uh, if you're a person who's you're not sure about prayer, you don't you want to do it, that's fine. Not a problem. But during the response song, you, please feel free to come forward for prayer or turn to the person next to you um, and ask them whether, whether there's something you would like prayer for. There's something special when we intercede for someone else. Sometimes it's, it's difficult for us to pray for ourselves um, over, certain, over our circumstances. It makes a huge difference. When someone else from a different vantage point comes and prays, for you. So can I invite the, Holy Spirit, the worship team to lead us into a time of worship? And um, let's, let's stand. Let's stand and, and worship God. Feel free to pray for someone next to you or feel free to, feel free to come forward for prayer if you need to.